Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. I have today on with us Miss Jennifer Volbrecht. She's going to be talking today about some lessons learned with her company and kind of how she got into government contracting and all that kind of thing. But before we jump into that, Jennifer, why don't you hop in, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So my name is Jennifer Volbrecht. I live in California and a little bit about myself. I am a United States Marine Corps veteran, CH-46 helicopter crew chief, and I got out of the Marines back Back in 2009, immediately went to work for uh, defense contracting companies, worked for a couple of large companies before uh, venturing out on my own two years ago, started J. Volbert Consulting, and it's been a really fun adventure for the past two years. So I'm really excited to be here today and talk about it. Yeah, you're one of those people. I actually refer to you not by name a lot because I always keep that confidential, but I refer to like the strategies that you've used and, and how focused you have been. It's so it's not normal to be as focused as you have been and to be accelerating as quickly as you have through your journey. And so you're often an example to other people. You know, you only have to have one client. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got into government contracting? Because I think that's interesting. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I started out in the Marine Corps and uh, working in the defense industry. So I was kind of around aviation and big contracts. And I just, I thought it was interesting how these big contracts and big updates uh, go through. And I didn't really understand government contracting at the time. But then I went to go work for a large defense company and I got into project management and I learned about industry and how the buyers make decisions and how we partner with small businesses. And I just thought it was fascinating. So fast forward to, uh, you know, how I got into it was I saw a need. I was a project manager uh, on a campus and I just, I always saw that project managers were flurried and they were running around, they were overworked and then 
you just get a big important project landed on you and you have no resources. And I thought, wow, you know, I can really fill this need by creating an organization who can respond quickly to these things with some expertise who, you know, they really know how these campuses operate and know how the government contracting side works. And, uh, and so that was basically, that was my value proposition. And that was the start of my company. Yeah. And, and today that's the focus of your company is project management. You have a, not only a niche service, but you have a niche client that you work with as well. Yes. So I work with the Department of Energy and specifically with the national laboratories. So I have contracts with multiple national laboratories. Yeah. And kind of the, again, the opposite in a good way, where a lot of people are like, I'll work with anything. If, if, if they've got a pulse, I'll work with them, you know, and, and I don't care as long as they've got money. You know, we used to say pulse in a checkbook back in the day. And it's <laughs> like, instead of that, you've not only niched down into the service you provide, but who you provide it for. And I thought that was fascinating when we met. I, I love that. And you, you got out, like, what did it take to get your first contract? Uh, phone a friend. That's what I used. <laughs> phone a friend. There you go. I, I called a friend who was in the industry and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, what do you think? And he said, I'm 100% behind you. As a matter of fact, you know, I've got a I've got a job for you. You know, go ahead and submit your resignation resignation, and tell me when you can start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so that's how it started. So that was contract number one. How long did mm-hmm. it take before you got contract number two? Less than two weeks. Less than two so, weeks hey, after. Hey, how are you? How, yeah. How available are you? When can you start? That type yeah. of thing. And it's yeah. been just like that ever since. So you, you've had a, a pretty quick start to all of this. Maybe you can expand a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. You, you thought you were going to get in the business. You have a conversation. Boom, you get hired. So you can resign from what you're doing to start your company. Then you get another contract two weeks later. Tell us a little bit what the, the last two years have looked like. Sure. So yeah, so I was immediately working uh, billable hours, right? So I immediately had revenue and and uh, amazingly, I had profit right off the bat because I didn't, you know, I didn't start up an office. I didn't hire employees. It was just me working billable hours. And basically the network within the lab, the national laboratories, the word kind of spread like, hey, there's this lady who can, you know, jump in and help you get through your critical decisions or can help you with your project management, training your project managers and just things like that. And so the word kind of spread and the past two years has been a combination of uh, me making uh, new contacts and also me, I guess, going deeper with my existing contacts and uh, figuring out what they need to take their organizations farther. I love the fact that you just stayed in that one area and were just so focused. I remember in one of the first conversations I had with you, I said, well, what are your top three? And you're like, well, I'm really focused on this one. And I was like, why is she being stubborn on this one? And I, today I look back, i like, congratulations for being so stubborn and focused on that because so many people start chasing these rabbits all over the place and it, and it becomes a distraction more than anything. So looking back over the last two years, I know it's been a, in one way, probably a short amount of time, one way, a long amount of time, the last two years, what are some of the lessons learned that like you wish you knew in the beginning when you started the business? Well, before I stood up my company, I had always talked about, oh, these service disabled veteran owned companies and uh, women owned companies, you know, they just, they just hand them money. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that was what I had heard. And so as I started up my company, I made sure to get my certification 
certifications and, you know, I, I made sure that that was on my, all my brochures and everything. And what I learned was that uh, nobody cares <laughs> if you have your certs and that, that might be an exaggeration, but lead with value. And I, I read that in your books. I hear it on the podcast, but it's 110% true. The certifications are like the cherry on top, but it's not yeah. what's going to get your foot in the door. It doesn't start the conversation. No, that that's, that's a really good one. And I, I think for a lot of folks, because you are service disabled, woman owned, uh, you know, you, you check those boxes and, and you think, yeah, money's just going to rain down from the heavens. And it's kind of a, a shock to the system when you're like, oh, they don't, they really don't care. I think you put it perfect there. They, yeah. they really don't care at the end of the day. They want to make sure that that you're providing value. And, and I'll, I'll say this kind of side note here is I think at one time they might have handed out a lot of contracts, but we definitely saw after some of the hurricanes and different things that happened where you'd find in the news, there was an 8A company that got a $100 million contract. And lo and behold, that was the first contract they had ever been awarded. They couldn't perform the work. It was a total disaster. And so there's a lot of things like that that have caused a lot more scrutiny in the business, which rightfully so. You don't want to give somebody their first contract $100 million and they don't know what to do with it. So it, it, it's kind of wild. So so that that's a really good lesson. What else? Uh, the other one is, gosh, your relationships and building your network. So um, one of the first teaming agreements that I had was I went out to lunch with this random guy who was a contractor at one of the national labs and he just cold called me and invited me to lunch. Okay. Um, so I went, I met him and we talked about our families and how his girls are in college and about, you know, my young children. And we, it was just an informal conversation and I didn't think anything of it. And about two months later out of the blue, I got a call from this guy and he said, Hey, I've got uh, this RFP, you know, I've got the engineering side covered, but I need project managers. Are you interested? And that, uh, that whole conversation turned into a successful, uh, five year, $15 million IDIQ and we won. And so that was really cool. And I learned that, oh my gosh, that kind of happened serendipitously. But if I can recreate some of that, I can have tons of opportunities. No, that that's a good one. I think it, it a lot of times we don't realize the value of these teaming partners and folks that we that are in our network. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I watched through your journey, because I've watched you for a while now, is going from yourself to a team of people where you have people on project. And I know last year, or it seems like last year, I don't know, it's, it's all a blur to me, where you were going from how do I get out from being billable to running the business and those kind of things. Tell us a little bit about what that journey's been like going from a company of one, uh, I won't say an army of one for the Marines here, um, <laughs> You know, from a company of one to building your team. What were some of the, the challenges and maybe lessons learned from doing that? Sure. So I think that's probably one of my greatest challenges that, and something I still deal with today, but I ran the company by myself for the first six months. When my friends would ask me how it's going, you know, basically how it's going is it's going really well. But if there were four of me, it would be even better. Um, but yeah. they all need to have my skill set. And so it was just like a catch 22. And so I started to tell my clients, hey, I really want to do this for you. But I have an expert. You know, I, ha I really have an expert scheduler. And if you can really bring this person on, then we can take it much farther. Or I have a risk management uh, specialist. And you know, I'm more of a generalist. But if you want to hire this specialist, 
we can bring them onto the team. And so I built a small team. And uh, right now there are nine of us total, including myself. And I still work a lot of billable hours, but I have um, a team of very specialized uh, schedulers, risk managers, construction managers, and um, and then also a small team of interns through the SkillBridge program, which uh, you connected me with Doc and the Vets to PM program. And I've been exercising that, uh, bringing in SkillBridge interns to help me with internal projects so that I can kind of set myself up to scale. Yeah. No. For the without doing a whole commercial on SkillBridge, for folks that aren't familiar with that, could you give them a, a quick overview of what the SkillBridge program is? Sure. So it's active duty military who are getting ready to transition, either retire or just get out of the military. They spend their last four to six months working in industry. So working for you for 40 hours a week and um, and it's free to the host company. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And how many, so they'll spend four to six months, 40 hours a week interning for you. And so yes. at, at no cost to you? Correct. Um, I actually, um, I'll take that back because I'm partnered with Vets to PM. Um, I help pay for their PMP certification. Okay, cool. Which is very reasonable to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's gotta be a huge load off. So that, that's pretty awesome. Talk to me about this aspect of going from one to more people on the team. It takes, I think, a, a certain mindset to to let stuff go. Like you said, I need four of me. So to to let somebody who is not you get on a project, um, like what did it take for you to do that? So I usually start the conversation by saying, hey, this is very difficult for me. Uh, yeah, it's very hard for me yeah. to delegate this to you. And so I really want to try this out. Um, can you attend a webinar for me and then you know give me back a debrief about what you learned and what contacts you made? Uh, something very simple, just to establish some trust. And then if I feel like, you know, they did that, they did it really well, they communicated really well, I'll give them something else. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of go from there. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I think a lot of people jump into relationships head first in, without any trial or error or anything like that. So with, without naming any names, have you had to fire anybody yet? <laughs> no, I haven't fired anybody, but I have yeah. lost people. You have and lost people. It, it hurts. So what, what about it hurts? It hurts from a productivity standpoint. Yeah. You know, you, you lose this capability that you had, but it also hurts from a relationship standpoint. We're a small team and we're very close. And yeah. um, oftentimes I know these people personally. And, um, and so it puts strain on your relationship. So I would just say yeah. that it, it can be complicated. And if you can look past uh, the business aspect, um, you know, it, it takes a big person yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, recommendations for people around like when you're, when you are small and you typically are getting, you know, I think once, once it's just you, there's not a lot of your friends and family saying, oh, I want to work for you or anything like that. But then when they see a little bit of success and it's gone more than a few weeks, you know, maybe a year, people are like, oh, it's... Hey, do you have a job? You know, and so you start to see people in your circle, whatever that little circle is, maybe approach you or you think about approaching them. Do you have any thoughts or recommendations about who to hire or who to stay away from or anything along those lines? Sure, of course. So, I mean, I look at cultural fit, right? Do we, are we compatible professionally or, you know, are we just friends? And, you know, so I kind of have to make that evaluation or, you know, is there any kind of professional value here that we can explore? 
explore. And then um, if I don't think it's a good fit, I'll just be straightforward and say, hey, you know, my clients are really looking for XYZ certifications, you know, come talk to me mm. after you have a bachelor's degree or, or something like that. Or, or PM certification or whatever. Or PM maybe. certification. But if it yeah. is a good fit, then, you know, why not? I'll try it. I'll say, hey, I've, I've got a small assignment for you to, again, like, hey, this is really difficult for me. Here's a really small thing. Uh, what what can you do with this? I like the way you, you prep them with that. And it's sort of a, hey, we're, this is a trial thing. It's very out in the open. If this yeah. works, there's some other stuff. And you kind of get a, a good feel on a small project, how they take it seriously. I always tell my kids that. I'm like, how am I going to give you a bigger thing to do if you won't take this little thing seriously? And so that's why you're exactly. not getting brought in to do more stuff. You know, take this seriously, <laughs> you know, or, or, or whatever it may be, the vice versa. Or, hey, you really took that on. Now there's more work for you and, and stuff like that. So so re- really good stuff. Any other lessons learned that you want to share? I guess I would just say that what I've done this past two years has literally been a dream come true. And so I'd never look at it as a, as a grind. I would say mm. I'm working way more hours than I ever did, but I love it every minute of it and I'm passionate about it and it shows. And so that's, that's been my, I think my main lesson learned is that I'm having fun. Yeah. I think having fun is, is pretty important because why are you doing it if you're not having fun? I think you know, people are like, well, to pay the bills or, or whatever. It's like, well, you can pay the bills sure. and have fun. So, and yep. I think you did, did this, this business allow you to move into what you would consider your dream house at this point? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So last year we did that. We bought our dream property. We bought four acres out in the country and mm-hmm. we live on a little almond orchard with our animals and got a and bunch it's of chickens and stuff and all that. Got all our kids. chickens and our roosters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you are, you are not just building a business, you're building a life there with, you know, some of your ideal things that, that you want to do. And I I think that's pretty awesome. I I don't think I've ever had a call with you where you didn't have a smile on your face. Even if you talked about something like for the most part, almost everything was a smile on your face because you do seem to enjoy it a lot. And one of the things that, that I'll say, this is, you didn't cover this, but I always see you as somebody who's always educating themselves on some, there's things that you don't know, you know, you don't know them. And then there's things you don't know that you don't know. I think that was one of the first conversations we had was I don't know what I don't know. And so it's going well, but maybe there's other stuff that I need to know. And and so just that hunger for education and just being open to that all the time, I think is really powerful because there's, I can't tell you how many times I talk to folks that know everything, but their business isn't growing. I'm like, clearly you are not, you're missing something because if you knew everything, you wouldn't be struggling through this. And so I, I just love when people are really open to educating themselves, reading books, listening to podcasts, taking advice, all that kind of stuff. I think that's really critical um, and initially when you're in business. The, the, the flip side of that is uh, that I'll throw out there for a lot of folks is it's also important to, to monitor who you're listening to <laughs> because it's like you said early on, everybody around you is telling you, oh, you're a service disabled, better known, woman owned, small business. This is going to be easy. And no, that wasn't the truth that, you know, it has some truth to it, but it's not the whole story. And so I think watching who you listen to is is a big factor there. So any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to leave folks with? I think the only thing 
thing that I would say is, um, is, you know, for me, I'm an introvert, but I am excited and passionate about my business. And so mm. I think stepping out of your comfort zone to meet your network, I think we're getting back into back into live events now. And it's a place where I feel extremely uncomfortable, but I make myself do this and, you know, get, get out, meet people, introduce myself. And that's where I think the magic happens is when you meet other like-minded individuals, meet good people and connecting good people that uh, that's where I think the bread and butter of my business is. Yeah, no, that's really good advice because I, I do, I talk to a lot of business owners and I find that a lot of them are introverts. It's, it's very interesting. And so um, in me in the, in the wrong setting, I am 110% the introvert that I'll never speak to anybody if I'm in the wrong setting. So it, it really does take the right place for me to open up and want to meet and talk with people and those kind of things. I love meeting and talking to people, just not at like family events, right? <laughs> 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 you know, those, those sort of things, those kind of awkward things. Um, but, you know, when you're out and you're in your element, it just makes it easier, even if it's still uncomfortable. I, I usually find it's the first one that's uncomfortable, whatever it is. Even today, I, I speak, you know, all across the country and it's like that first five, 10 seconds when you hop on stage where it's a little uncomfortable and then you just kind of, okay, I can do this. You know, it's, it's not right. a big deal. But uh, but no, that's a really good piece of advice for all the introverts that are listening because I know it's such a large portion uh, of the audience there. So thanks for coming on and, and sharing this advice. I think it's so important for folks to hear from business owners in the trenches, doing the work, growing your company. You've won multiple contracts now in the first two years and you've focused on a niche and done the right things. And I'll be interested to have you back on in a couple of years to see, you know, if you've gone from nine to 90 employees or, or what, you, what you've done um, that may not be in your roadmap, but I'd be interested to see the growth over the next five years and, and circle back and, and let you talk to folks again. So thanks again for coming on today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.